Hello, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to Therapy Secrets. I'm your host, Jason Conover, uh, therapist, life coach, and arbiter facilitator. So I just finished a DBT group where I introduced mindfulness as a foundational principle and skill set. <clears throat> Those of you that have heard of DBT, it stands for Dialectical Behavior Therapy. Uh, those of you that have not heard of it, I should say. And uh, it is quite an interesting modality. I've run the group for about 20 years and really enjoy it. But I wanted to talk about today the pros and cons of mindfulness just to um, give some of the great advantages, talk about the benefits of mindfulness and why it is kind of really popular and getting a lot of attention, and also some of the potential drawbacks or, or cons, um, which may be kind of a surprise. So, <clears throat> so as we were talking about it, um, mindfulness is the intentional practice of being present and aware. So present in the moment, in, in sp- and time and space, I'm, I'm very awake and, and aware of what's happening. And this is surprisingly simple and can be practiced for a lifetime. We know and notice that there are so many things that distract us and that can't be distracting. And one of the things that I find is very distracting is thoughts and emotions uh, that are that are often being driven by by thoughts or vice versa, and so sometimes uh, if I'm dealing with something difficult or I'm working with clients, they may be spending a large amount of time ruminating and dwelling on problems, trying to figure them out and solve them. And as we've talked about before, one of the most common uh, traps or dilemmas is trying to fix problems, trying to solve emotional problems, just sitting and thinking about it and trying to analyze and figure out the why. That seems to be where we get drawn is to figure out the why. Um, and mindfulness can help wonderfully with this because it is more of a uh, deliberate observation, non-judgmental observing. So um, often I like to think about standing on the bank of a river, the river being a metaphor for life, the flow of things happening, events, experiences, emotions, and thoughts, all things life. And I'm watching those rather than just being kind of pulled down the river with the current. Um, I have that advantage of being slightly outside of it so I can be an observer. I can also allow things to flow through, meaning that I had a thought, okay, now here's my next thought, allowing me to be very present and aware. What makes this not work is I get caught in a thought or a feeling and then essentially go down the river and sometimes off the waterfall. In that case, I can become consumed with or completely distracted by thoughts or feelings and really get stuck uh, in in those places. Now, when I get distracted, then I'm not awake and aware in the present moment, and that can create a lot of different challenges. Uh, An example of that might be just eating emotionally. So I may not really even recognize that I'm eating. I might just be putting my hand in a bag of snacks, um, chips, or or candy, or whatever, and I'm just eating that without real awareness or or, um, 
smelling, tasting, touching, uh, and being present and aware with it. I'm just in a reactive uh, state trying to kind of self-medicate maybe with, uh, with that food. Driving is a great example. I can drive and be completely distracted. I can be thinking about everything uh, that's going on for me, stresses, things in my mind, ruminating about conversations that didn't go well. And fortunately, a lot of times we can do things like eat, breathe, drive on very unlike autopilot. But most of you have probably had an experience of being kind of scared uh, when you were on autopilot and realizing that you almost got in an accident or you definitely missed the exit that you meant to take or forgot to pick up the groceries that you um, had planned to get on the way home. So mindfulness is wonderful to help enhance so many things. Satisfaction, um, I can really taste my food, really enjoy it. And that can boost the psychological and physiological benefits of really eating. And it registers more and that helps me feel a lot more satisfied, helps me much more naturally regulate what I eat, how much I eat. Um, It's just amazing how good it is in that food category. It can help me really um, excel more in relationships as I'm very present. can be a much better active listener because I'm not distracted by my thoughts or emotions as much as maybe usual, and I can be more present and available for another person. Driving, it can greatly enhance the safety of driving because I can be more present and awake and aware of what's happening, how it's happening. I can be more quick to respond in helpful ways. I can be much more likely to apply the brakes in an appropriate time frame uh, as needed, um, on and on. So I think it's a very good uh, program. Little practical things like not losing keys or other items is a wonderful um, side benefit or direct benefit of mindfulness because I'm actually aware of where I'm putting my keys and I'm mindful and deliberate about it. So when it comes to recall, it's there. So the, the mother of memory is attention. If I'm attentive, I'm present and aware then I have amazing uh, enhancement in memory, which is another huge category we talk about success in learning and school is the ability to be really present and aware. <clears throat> um, and what we we're talking about in group is how it helps us through mindfulness um, practice, we can move into what we call wise mind. So emotions are wonderful and a very important part of being alive as a human being. Um, But I notice that if I'm in a very high emotional state, um, I may be distracted. I may be prone to make decisions based on emotion. And I may be very um, inclined to believe what I want to believe, what I feel like believing. And so it may be hard for me to accept um, things that don't match my feelings. It may be hard to accept facts that are require work or um, demand um, me that I that I redo something, like say a paper for class. In high emotional mind, I just want it the way that I want it, and it may be very difficult. Um, 
for me, or I may not even want to discuss or accept other possibilities. So in um, through mindfulness, I can move into the state um, we refer to as wise mind. Wise mind has a lot of advantages because through being present, awake, and aware, it seems to enhance a lot of my natural capacities and faculties. I can smell, I can taste, I can touch, I can listen, um, I can see, and I'm drawing in all of that abundance of information to help me make decisions and to be in a much more present and wise space. I love that word wise. And my thinking it's that I can make the best decisions with the least regrets day in and day out. So we don't have to be 80 or 70 or 90 to um, gain wisdom. We can be in more of a space of wisdom through a deliberate practice of being present and aware and awake. Like with any sport or um, activity, game, driving, if we're distracted, it's very likely that our performance is going to deteriorate um, uh, directly and um, in proportion uh, to, to a great deal. Now, of course, we know that we can get really good at doing things automatically and kind of get on that autopilot. But mindfulness is intentional single tasking, which has not been really popular over the last many years. Um, but we are seeing more research and more attention coming to the, to the problems with multitasking and the real value of single tasking. One other component that's very valuable, the moment we start judging, we stop learning. So in mindfulness, we want to be very much in that observer position and we don't want to be judgmental because when we judge, we tend to um, get pulled into that river, um, whether it's a positive or a negative judgment. Now, of course, we can observe things that are helpful and harmful and, and make judgments in a way about that, but essentially we want to practice a non-judgmental stance where we can recognize, let's say, weather as weather. It's raining. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It may be actually really good. It could also be uncomfortable if I'm wet and cold. I can just observe those things. I don't need to say they're good or bad. And that can be super helpful on a lot of levels as far as uh, mindfulness and getting into wise minds. So um, hopefully that gives you a bit to chew on and think about in terms of mindfulness. And I'm really encouraging group members to just practice being mindful, intentional, present awareness can be quite exhilarating and exciting. So what might be the drawbacks? What could be any um, problems with this? Mindfulness doesn't necessitate morality or the scene of other people as people. It doesn't require that um, by, by its kind of definition. So it can be popular in a way that's helpful in its neutrality. We're just observing. But I would like to add to it the observation of people and really being mindful of them. But mindfulness doesn't actually require that specifically. At least I don't think so. And so the drawback of it is that it may not um, work at that even deeper level, which is to see another person as a person 
and to have a sense about how to be uh, in in life with them, to be with them in the world. So, for example, I could be mindful driving and see uh, a person, and I could see a car stopping, and I could appropriately stop. But that's not the same depth as actually seeing that person as having hopes and dreams and fears. And in my experience, the humanizing of the other person activates an even deeper level and a more robust and whole level that I think is really important and critical that we could lose and, and leave, leave out um, if we were to just practice mindfulness. So consider those things. Hope it's helpful. And uh, as always, the purpose of this podcast is your happiness. And uh, I'd love to hear from you any questions or concerns.